You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. So Bill, yes sir, I have to ask a question. When is it too early to start playing Christmas music? Because the weather started to change. Fall, it feels like it's here. Time it's out. not here. I is know it's the not. weather outside frightful? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so I was trying. I was working. Because I don't think it's ever, you know, I used to be the guy that was like, you don't do it till Thanksgiving. Right. And I can't then, do that now. Too much life has to be lived. Yeah. And, and the problem is, so, so the problem is like, but by the time Thanksgiving gets in, it's like four minutes and then Christmas is over and you're taking everything down. You're like, what happened yeah. to the yeah. music? I didn't even get through all the Charlie Brown album and it's already gone. And so I think, I don't know. I, did, I got in trouble with the HOA last year because we set up Christmas lights in early November because it was the one weekend we had, right? It was yeah. a beautiful weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We set it up and all of a sudden, you know, we had all the Karens on the uh, <laughs> Facebook oh, page and everything. Yeah. And very passively, aggressively. So, when is it too early to set up your Christmas lights? Yeah, not directed at you. It's just not directed. Just asking for information. And I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, (laughs) 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 who lives at 300. Right. You know. (laughs) And so my wife and I were laughing, and we're like, you know, we weren't going to turn them on until after Thanksgiving, but now we're adding. So I went out and bought another few hundred dollars worth of lights and (laughs) inflatable stuff in the yard. I'm like, I'm going. It's like in cursive. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's Merry awesome, Karen. <laughs> well, speaking of that, because you know, I so the hurricanes are passing, and again, right, right now as we're talking, the hurricane is about to hit. And I was asking, why did they not name Hurricane Laura Hurricane Karen? Because I feel like in 2020, it just rolled into the next thing. I'm a little bit nervous as to why. I don't know why. Because they had Marco L M. Yeah. N O P. You know, L M N. No, because it so actually. So today is the Sesame <laughs> Street version <laughs> of A B C D E. So K is before that, but anyways, they could have crossed out L and done K. I got into ministry because I'm not good at geography, okay? <laughs> or logic, <laughs> or anything. So, anyways, you may so notice that we have a, a third voice uh, do. chiming in, uh, and so uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, and uh, we'll get into it. Okay, thanks, Travis. Yeah, so my name's uh, Chris Mixon. So I'm good friends with uh, Bill. We go to church yes, together. Yes, you are. Yeah, and so Bill just invited me to to hang out with you guys this morning. This guy's a rock star. I love yeah. him. He's so cool. He fits in with with the vibe of who we are. <laughs> a little too well. A little too I, well. I fear he's going to just start rolling in on Wednesday exactly. morning. Exactly. Yeah, I might. Just to hang I might. Out. Yeah. Be the, the third of the Trinity here today. So. Oh, Travis can't be here. Chris, why yeah. don't you just join in? All right. Travis comes in like, Hey, why didn't you call me? Why aren't you here? Why did you not? It's like, well, Hey, it's okay, Travis. You can come in here. Here's a coloring book for you, buddy. So, anyways, I'm so glad you're here, Chris. Because uh, you have a really powerful story uh, in the midst of everything else. I mean, mm. again, side note, uh, I've known Chris for a few years now, but really I've gotten to know you the last six months yeah. and really connected. Chris has a heart for young men and young, just young people to understand their value as a child of God. And, uh, and so just really connected with him immediately and wanted him to share his story because you have a powerful story from your past as to kind of where all that stuff came from. And, um, you know, I know that it's a tragedy, but I love that you took a tragedy and yeah. turned it into a victory. Essentially, and so I didn't, right? Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, good call. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so share a little bit about yourself. You know, just who you are, kind of the you know family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, 
got a got a wife, Nicole, and uh, two kiddos. In fact, uh, my daughter. Side note, real quick about yeah. Nicole. If you don't know this, uh, uh, she is a fantastic dancer. Amazing. And yeah. uh, we know that because she won the dance off at the uh, Known Legacy date night. And yeah. so, uh, in spite yeah. of herself, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll post the video, much to her chagrin. We'll yeah, she's in the, the promo. She made of the her promo. Doing the, so, yeah. uh, the dancing, yeah. so fantastic. So, yeah. Nicole, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, absolutely, is a is a welcome introduction. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, married to Nicole, <clears throat> we just celebrated our 24th anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. 24, wow. Yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> awesome. It's That's so cool. Show. We, uh, we've got two kids. So, daughter Emma, she just started uh, college at uh, UT Tyler. So, we literally dropped her off last Monday. How was uh, that? Oh, it was a complete failure. Complete <laughs> failure. <laughs> yeah. Not even beating around the bush. No, 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 no. The, oh, no. It, it was just—it it, it really <laughs> it did. It was horrible. Yeah, you know, I kind of—I kind of had my mind of how it should go. Yeah, and it was really more, hey, we've been preparing you 18 years for this, so we get her off on her dorm and, and off we go, right? Don't right. linger and, and let's move. Um, Nicole had a different idea. I'm sure she did. She did. Um, I won. <laughs> sort of. Did you? <laughs> I won in the moment. <laughs> Whenever a guy says I won, I just don't I, know. I lost no, later. Never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, poor Nicole. We yeah, we got home that night and Nicole was just in tears, right? Oh. Just felt like we had completely abandoned our child. Um because she actually had to go out and, and find a meal for herself at dinner alone. Oh. Right. And that was just in my wife's eyes, that was a complete failure. Um She's gonna starve and then she's gone. <laughs> For me, it was this is this is what adulthood looks Welcome like. Welcome to yeah. adulting. <laughs> exactly. One Ex- please will be a exactly part of your conversation right. at some that point. That might have been exactly. my exact response to her, and that didn't go well either, yeah. Travis. Yeah. So <laughs> mental note, putting yeah. that yeah, one yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> When preparing for college, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, she's getting settled in. Things are good. Um, I've got a son who is a sophomore, um, just starting high school. So that's kind of a weird deal, right? Uh, first three weeks of that are online. Right. Which he would so love weird. nothing more if he could just sit in his dark bedroom and, oh. and do school alone. That That's a dream for him. Oh, it's it's going to be hard because I wake up the kids about yeah. 24 minutes before and three minutes before. Like, so it's like, because yeah. they're like, you wake them up and like, hey, time, time to get up. And then they like literally roll out of bed, throw a shirt on because they know that they can wear their pajamas all day. And just get on the screen. No, I think there's rules about that now. Really? I think the schools are saying you can't wear pajamas. So you actually have to, to dress somewhat what presentable. communists are they? Right? I know, right? Take You're that. at home. How many CEOs right now are at home doing <laughs> Zoom calls? Exactly. In their exactly. PJs. Not yeah. a chance. Yeah, yeah not a chance. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a little bit of introduction on my, on my family. Um, you know, we uh, grew up in Colorado, <clears throat> and we moved out here in 2005 uh, to Texas. Um, and I've been, we've been here ever since, right? This is where we wanted to raise our kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, were you raised in a Christian home? Nope. No. Okay. okay. No, I would say not. Um, you know, I remember there was like a two-year time frame where we actually went to church. And so my dad loved to sing. He yeah. was in like a, like a you know, back when the chorale singing was really kind of a, <laughs> not, let's, let's face it, it was never a big deal, right? <laughs> he thought say, it was. Where are you going with yeah, that? Because yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you're wrong again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember yeah. Lawrence Welk? Yeah. <laughs> I do, man. That guy was a stud. Yeah, he I really mean, was. Yeah. Anyways, in, yeah. that's a, I in digress. His own right. yeah. In his own right. <laughs> in his own right. <laughs> so he, my, my dad would sing with this chorale group, and it just so happened a lot of them were part of this church, right? And so they said, hey, you've got a really good voice. We'd love you to come sing at church in the choir. And so that's sort of what initiated us going to church. Okay. And we did that for about two years, and it was really just so we could go hear dad sing on a right. Sunday morning. Right. Um, and then we stopped going. I don't, I don't know why, but I, I remember Sunday mornings, man. They were um, miserable. 
right? It was the, we'd have to get up early. We'd have to actually dress up and, and, and wear something nice. And then it was like a 45-minute car ride to get oh, to oh. the church. Oh, 45 minutes. And my parents had this, like, a compact station wagon. Yeah, oh, yeah. And there was three of us, right? I've got a twin sister. Yeah. So it was my, my sister and I and then my younger brother. And we would pack into the back of this. And, and I swear to God, they didn't have AC in Colorado, <laughs> right? You and so it was it. just, oh, it was horrible. Yeah, you did. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, and you so it was, yeah, it was everything you could do not to get car sick going yeah. there, right? And everything we could do to get out of there as fast as possible. And then you have to be there early, so you're hanging around doing nothing. Yeah, because he's got to go practice, right. and so then you're just hanging around. And, oh. and usually they give you something to do, right? Because idle yeah. hands, I guess. Um, yeah, Color some paper and put up a flannel graph of Noah and exactly. animals. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was like oh, four or five hours every Sunday of oh, that. Oh, man. So we finally I'm saying that as a pastor going, <laughs> oh, oh dude, man. It, it was brutal. Are you kidding me? It was Miserable. brutal. You know, yeah. and it's funny, during those two years, right, you know, you'd see the big cross in the, in the middle of the sanctuary, and if you asked me what the cross was for, I couldn't necessarily explain no it, right? So I had no idea. Wow. No idea. Um, so after a couple of years, we stopped going. And it wasn't until years later that I became a believer myself that I went back and asked my dad, hey, you know, what was that about? Like, right. why did we ever stop going to church? And he said, he said, hey, Chris, here's, I'll tell you, churches want your money and your time. And no matter how much you give, they want more and more. And he wow. goes, I finally just got to the point where I wasn't willing to give anymore and we stopped oh. going. Yeah. So that was sort of his, his bent on, on church, right? So how did, that, how did that interaction change as you got back into church? Was there any kind of follow-up conversation with that with your dad? Yeah, I've tried to have follow-up conversations. I, initially, my parents saw it as sort of a phase, right? right? Of, hey, it's just Chris is going through a phase. It's something he's sort of into. Um, now that it's been sort of prolonged out and that phase hasn't ended, um, I think they see it a little bit differently, but right. it's probably more of a he's the spiritual one in the family. Um, super awkward at first, though, for the whole family. Right. You know, both my parents and my siblings. Right. I was sort of labeled as sort of the weird one. Right. <laughs> and so anytime I'd have to have any kind of try to deep conversation with them, it was, you know, hey, this so is So what awkward. sparked you to get back <clears throat> into the church? Man, great question. Um, so at the time, uh, Nicole and I had just had our daughter. Right. Uh, so she was like one year old. And my company sent me to New Mexico <clears throat> to go do a one year assignment there for yeah. work. Um, so we moved out there for a year, moved into like a corporate apartment. Right. Um, Where whereabouts in New Mexico? Albuquerque. Okay. Yeah. Amazing yeah. balloon festival up there. Oh, awesome. So Man, cool. The, the night glow. Amazing. Yeah. If you haven't experienced it, you got to do gotta it You got to go. Once. To, yeah, it's yeah, cool. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, we got out there and obviously didn't know a lot of people <coughs> and new, you know, new uh, parents. Right. With a, with a young girl. Um, so trying to get to, to build relationships. For me, it was easier because I'm at work all day. So I'm, I'm kind of making right. relationships at work right. my wife much harder yep because she was home in an apartment yep um and so she started to get involved with a group called mops ah, um, i love mops. mothers of preschoolers yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. mother of preschoolers mm-hmm. um she didn't know it was a christian-based organization right she's just looking for a place to go socialize our daughter and just have some uh, adult time with yep. other women right? more than anything yeah. yeah um well during that time you know i met a guy at at, uh, at, at work uh tony ortiz uh, kind of a goofy dude, right? Um, he just sort of had a weird way about him, a little awkward. But he was just um, pretty uh, pretty charismatic, and he just came up to me one day, and he's like, hey, man, you uh, go to church? Just that simple. And I said, uh, no, no, I don't. And he's like, would you like to? I'm like, no, not no, really. No, no, yeah. no, no. 
So he hands me a, a card, like a business card, with a, the name of his church, Hoffmantown West in Albuquerque. Um, I think they've since changed names, but it had like three service times listed on there. And he said, hey, tell you what, I go to the, the 11 o'clock service, but if you're ever interested in going, let me know. I'll, I'll flex and just kind of meet you there, yeah. right? I said, yeah, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it in my pocket. And, and that was pretty much the last thought I gave of it. Um, and it was about a couple weeks later, <clears throat> Nicole came home. She said, hey, I met this really cool lady at Mobs, uh, Terry. And she invited us to go to church. And I don't know why, but I kind of think I want to go. Wow. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what's the name of the church? She said, oh, it's this Hoffman Town West or something like that. Are I'm you like, kidding me? Hey, that rings a bell. And I pull out the card. And I'm like, hey, it's the same church. Wow. <clears throat> Since you hadn't washed the pants in three weeks. Right. A true yeah, yeah. man move right exactly. there. Well I'm done, like, well done. Yeah, no, it, has, it wasn't ruined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all safe. <laughs> so it was cool, right? I, we, I, I'd let That is fantastic. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we showed up, right? And I'll tell you, at first, it was we stuck out like sore thumbs, by the way. So we go to church, and I'm, I'm on a full-blown suit and tie. Because right? that's what you grew up with. That's kind of what well, I grew yeah, up with yeah. for the few years. That's what I saw other people wear. Yep. Um, Nicole was dressed up real nice. And, I mean, we stuck out like sore thumbs. As soon as we walked in, everyone's <laughs> like, hey, you're new. <laughs> yeah, the whole welcoming committee, like, you know, just oh, ambushes us. Yeah, like um, a used car sales lot. Yeah, and so it was a, it was a little awkward walking in. Um, but that said, man, they offer child care. Mm. And that was awesome because up until that point, right, there was not, we had not met anybody that we would trust to babysit our child. Right. So we thought, okay, it's a church. So I'm sure they do background checks. It's probably one of the safer places to leave our kid. You're okay. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, we, we put her in the child care and we went to listen to the pastor speak, right? Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, I probably would have listened to just about anybody for 45 minutes for free babysitting. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but this guy actually resonated, right? He was cool, personal, uh, personable. He was sort of in a similar life stage as us. Right. And so he was just talking about real life. Um, and it just kind of resonated. A lot of the things he was sharing are things that we were experiencing at the time. And I thought, hey, this guy makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Um, they got done with that, and they said, hey, we're doing this 40 Days of Purpose study as a church. Yeah. If you're interested in participating, we're, uh, we're doing like another 45 minutes after church so you can learn more about it. So I asked the, the first logical question. Is, is there child care? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> and there is. And there was. Not only that, they were serving lunch. And oh, I'm like, man, wow. I'm all in. Free yeah. food and free child Let's care? Let's go, right? Now we know what the marketing strategy exactly. is for every church plant. It, exactly. For young families, that's it, man. That's, that's it. That's it. So we, uh, we continue to go, you know, and a lot of it was just, again, it was just a chance for Nicole and I to do something without, without our daughter, right? Somebody else taking right. care of our daughter. So, you know, selfishly, that was sort of what mm. kept us coming back for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as we got into the 40 Days of Purpose, right? Rick Warren, oh, the author on that. It's a great <clears> book. It's a great book. Man, he hooked me at, I think it was chapter two in that book, as he just sort of talked about how God uniquely designs us all, right? Right. Um, and it sort of addressed a fundamental question I had just about her daughter, because even at one year old, she sort of had this very unique personality right. mm -hmm. that you couldn't explain by social interactions with other kids yeah. or other people, right? And it wasn't anything like my wife or I. And so it was like, okay, it started to answer that question of where does that come from? Right. Um, and that was sort of the hook, I think, that God used to sort of pull me in. Oh, it was cool. nine months later, we were both baptized, um, you know, in that church. Yes. Nice. And then almost right after that, the company moved me back to Colorado Springs. Gotcha. Uh, for a couple years. Yeah. And hmm. so we got planted in a little church there and then ultimately moved our way here to Dallas. That is so, fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I love <clears throat> it how God coordinates things that at the time you are completely unaware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you had the card in your pocket. She's like, yeah, it's some weird church name. And, yeah. And all of a sudden you're there. And, and 
I love watching the work of the Spirit in hindsight. It's so cool. It's yeah. that's exactly it. It's in hindsight, right? You don't ever see it in the moment. No. But you then, and I think that's such an important part of sharing our testimonies, right? Because every time I share it, I think back and, and reflect on God's goodness and how He moved in that. And it always feels like I learned something new yeah. about my testimony and what God was trying to work, right? Right. It's um, like in those doubtful times, you're like, oh, wait, but all yeah. the time through, God's been, you know, intervening all the way through. So why is he, therefore, he's, he's got to be real. Right. Or, th- or he's, this is crazy coincidences all throughout my life, you know? Yeah. And so it's really neat to, to hear that story. It's so cool. So we were basically 30, 29, 30 years old when we, when we came, to, um, <clears throat> uh, came to know Christ. So obviously later in life, and that's sort of what made it somewhat awkward, I think, with my family, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's that's not necessarily normal. Yeah. Um, and of course, when we came back, right, then it was, I was on fire. So right. was Nicole. And so, you know, we just found this new faith, right? Uh, we found eternal Purpose, life. Meaning yeah, and we want to share that with everybody. Right, yeah. Uh, especially my family. Um, and so I was probably a bit gung-ho, right. both my parents and my siblings, right? And it was very much, uh, dude, you're weird. Like, what happened to you right. when you were in New Mexico? Um, what happens yeah. to everyone in New Mexico? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were on Roswell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's kind of a story how we came to how we came to uh, um, be believers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to when we moved here to Dallas. Funny story with that. We actually stepped foot into Grace Church where we go now. Yeah. Um, but at the time, all we were accustomed to was meeting in uh, cafeterias, right? It was a mobile church that we got saved at. Yeah. Uh, we were in a part of a mobile church in Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. So we walked into this church that's kind of um, traditional. It's got a building. We thought, man, this doesn't feel right. 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 Um, we walk in, and one of the couples there, I actually knew from back in the mid-'90s, um, I had started at TI back in the mid '90s out of college, right? Um, and there was a, there was a couple there that uh, one of the, the wife I went through orientation with her, um, so she knew me kind of sort of pre Jesus days, right? Um, I was part of a men's rugby league, um, and all the partying that comes with that. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she she kind of saw firsthand what I looked like dragging in Monday morning mm-hmm. from a weekend, yeah, and, and kind of knew sort of the folks that I hung out with. Um, and so she, she saw us coming to the church, and she, she recognized me. I recognized her immediately, right? And she says, Chris Mixa. I said, hey, Laura. And she says, I never would have thought I'd seen you step foot in a church. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to Grace. Grace. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, oh, and the, the best part of that was it was totally, I mean, it, you know, Laura's not the type of person that would necessarily script that. So that Correct. is exactly what was on the front of her mind. Right, and yeah. it just came out. And you could see as soon as she, the words came out, it was like she wanted to grab them and yeah, put exactly. them back in. Right. But that's, not was, what I, that's not yeah, what I meant. Yeah, no, I retract was, that statement. It was awesome. And I think my response was something along the lines of, Laura, I really hope you're not part of the welcoming committee. Because if so, they probably need to work on that. You are the last yeah. person I would ever think. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we, uh, yeah. What's so, up, dirtbag? Yeah. <laughs> Laura, you're fired. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly. fired, Laura. <laughs> Uh, so we attended. We attended one Sunday at Grace. We decided at that time it wasn't really for us. Uh, we l- ultimately landed in a in a small Bible church, right? That met in a cafeteria yeah. in yep. Allen. Yeah. And we were part of that that uh, family for several years. Same dynamic, um, yeah. Yeah. As the other ones. Exactly. Um, but it wasn't until later when Nicole and I, when our kids started to get older, that we started to think about ourselves, right? A little mm. selfishly in terms of are we growing where right. we're planted? Right. Uh, the answer to that question was really no. And so for us, it was how do we go? How do we go find a place that we can grow, right, right. as couples? Um, and we had a lot of natural connections with the body of grace. Right. And so as we sort of had matured, 
it was no longer about where they met or even about the sermons on Sunday. It was really about the people and, and where do we think we could really plug in and get connected. And that's what ultimately led us back yeah. to Grace. Church yeah. at its best. I'm glad you did. I'm yeah. glad you're here. Me too, it's man. It's good to see your face. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe Bill. you're here, but um, <laughs> I know. Well, Bill talks about you all the time, and I think he has a poster somewhere in his house of you yeah, that he kind of yeah, you know. yeah. has a little shrine set nice, up to nice. Chris. Is it the one with the mullet? Yes, yeah, the, yeah. the mullet. Okay. It's right yeah. next to my Zach Morris one. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> Saved by the bell, I guess. I, I had to Good throw job. out something. I don't know what it. Sorry, you, you made me. That was yeah, on the fly. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so, great story. Thank you for sharing yeah, that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, no. So I, I again hear, hearing that story, and then in between you guys coming here and coming to know Jesus, you had a, a major event happen in your family, correct? It was actually after. Um, it was a year after we moved here back yeah. in. Uh, two, so we moved back in 2005. Uh, almost exactly, it was about 14 months later, is July of 2006. Wow. Um, so we'd been here for a year. Nicole and I had just purchased a house and moved in. Um, and we invited my mom to come out and visit us. Right. Just to kind of help mm. take care of the kids while we were yeah, settling yeah, some yeah. things and, and just to visit. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was July 2006. And I remember, big tragedy, right? I, I remember uh, Monday morning, it was uh, the 17th of July. Uh, I get up early to go to work typically, right? right? And I remember getting a call from my dad. It was like 5.45 in the morning, which in Colorado time is 4.45. And so I said, man, if he's calling this early, it can't be anything good, yeah. right? Um, so immediately answered my cell phone. And uh, you could tell my dad was pretty shaken up on the other line. Uh, I assumed it was my grandfather on my mom's side because his health was deteriorating. Right. Um, and so I answered the phone. I said, hey, dad, um, this can't be good. Uh, is it grandpa? And he said, no. He goes, I need you to go get your mom and wake her up. I've got mm. some news I need to tell you. And, uh, you know, of course, all these thoughts are running through my head. Um, but I kind of stood my ground with him a little bit. And I right. said, hey, Dad, I'm not going to go wake her up until you tell me what this is about. Like, right. um, you got you yeah. to share it with yeah. me, right? Yeah. And he said, it's your brother. And I said, uh, okay, is he in the hospital? And he said, no, he's dead. Oh. I said, what do you mean he's dead? Um, and this, my brother's mm -hmm. two years younger than me. Um, and so he, he wouldn't share with me sort of the details at that time. He just said, I need you to go wake up your mom. We got to get her on a plane and get her back home. Right. Um, and so I remember walking up uh, with two stories, right? I, I remember walking upstairs to the spare bedroom where my mom was sleeping. Probably the longest walk of my life. I mean, my feet felt like they weighed 100 pounds, right? As right. I'm, as I'm going up there thinking, how in the world yeah. am I going to break this to my mom? Right. And so I woke her up out of a dead sleep, right? And, and had to get her to a point where I knew she was alert enough to sort of hear what I had to tell her. Um, got her to that point and, and just basically ripped the bandaid off. Right. I said, Hey mom, dad's on the phone. We've got some bad news. Um, Tim's passed away we need to get you back home. Wow. And she was in complete denial. I mean, she, the, the look of panic on her face right. was, uh, it's one I'll never forget. And she just said, uh, this can't be true. They've got a, they made a mistake. It's wrong. Right. right. It's not him. Uh, and so we kind of worked through that, I guess. And I, I don't, it, a lot of it's a blur, right? Yeah. You know, somehow figured out. And it was probably Nicole made the flight arrangements. We get her to the airport as quickly as we could right. on the first flight back. Um, and then we followed her driving out there afterwards. Um, and as you kind of unfold the details as it goes, right, it, it, it turns out that he, that he uh, took his own life. He, he hung himself in his garage. Um, it was on his 31st birthday. Wow. So literally that Friday before I had I had picked up the phone, talked to him, wished mm -hmm. him a happy birthday. We kind of talked for probably 30 minutes, right. just asked him how things were going. And he, you know, he had some money issues, not huge, insurmountable ones, but just right. some things weren't necessarily going his way. But he didn't sound like super 
depressed or upset about it. And, and right after we were hanging up, he was going out to dinner with, uh, uh, with his wife, who he was somewhat estranged from. They were separated, right? But he said, hey, we're going to go have dinner and celebrate. So it seemed like he was relatively in a good mood. And obviously, as you can imagine, right, I, f- I reflect back a lot on that conversation oh, yeah. right. just to think, man, was there a sign there that I should have should have heard or seen um, in his voice or um, and I can't I can't pinpoint anything. Right. right. Um, but, yeah, it was that night. I think he came home from dinner based on the time of death, um, probably had a few. Right. And then I, I think he just uh, just had a weak moment is what I can only surmise yeah, right yeah. uh based on how he did it i don't think it was something that he had necessarily really planned out but it was certainly something that he had thought through right in terms yeah. of, of what it would take to actually go do it um so yeah that was sort of the tragedy that hit um you can imagine kind of kind of rock my world a bit um and as i was sharing with bill and some of the guys right for me um you know i think for anybody that's experienced suicide it leaves a lot of unanswered questions Right. Um, and, and so I think it's always hard because it feels like you have no closure of, of why it happened. Um, for me, it took on a different connotation. Right. Uh, I know my parents were kind of like, hey, should we have seen something? Is it something we did? For me, it wasn't just about his life ending here. You know, I reflected on some of those awkward conversations I had with him about sharing my faith. Right. And for me, it was a, it was a totally different level of failure that I felt of. I had an opportunity to share life, eternal life with my brother. And I didn't say the right words. I didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. It didn't take, right? And so for me, it was like, man, have I just, have I just missed an opportunity? And now is my brother going to spend eternity in hell, right? So, so that guilt can <clears throat> absolutely wreck you if oh, yeah. you can't get over that. So how did you and Nicole kind of process through that and, f- and, and, and figure out a way to, to package that in a way that you could continue going and it didn't derail or destroy your faith? For me... <clears throat> Travis, I don't know how to answer that question, actually, at least in the moment. I don't know that it ever, I never got to a point where I said, God, you're wrong, right? Okay. I'm throwing this out. Um, mm. But for me, it was a lot of confusion of, God, why did this happen? Right. Um, but I had to somehow make sense of it. Um, and so for me, it was, how do I go turn something this tragic into something positive? Mm. Right. And that's sort of where my mind went. And thank God for my wife, right? I mean, she is just, uh, we've got such a great relationship in terms of communication. And so, you know, my tendency is to sort of hold stuff in. Right. And she's great at just drawing it out of me, right? right. And not allowing me to sort of suppress those emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she, she makes it a safe place for me to share. And, and so she, uh, she had attended some banquet for Young Life. It's a parachurch ministry really specifically designed towards high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she went to a banquet where it was like a fundraiser. She went alone because I, I didn't want to go. Um, and she came back and she says, Chris, you've got to learn more about this young life. I think we need to get plugged into this. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and so she was hooked. And she said, hey, I think we should go serve on committee. And so I, I, <clears throat> the guy that was leading Young Life and Allen was at our church, right? So I talked to him a little bit more about it. We went and kind of interviewed, so to speak, right, right. for a committee role um, to learn what that would be like. Um, and for me, it was kind of like, eh, it's a, it's a board, right, right, uh, right, that I would sit on. You know, the definition of a committee is a group of vultures pecking at meat. They're called a committee really? of vultures, yeah. It's Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Fitting in some some yeah. cases, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was, you know, okay, you know, Nicole really feels strongly about it. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of go along. Uh, and then I went to a club, a Young Life club. So they would hold clubs Monday night, 729 for the high schoolers. And I went to that, and I'm like, you know, I saw a lot of high school kids that were lost 
coming together just to hang out and have a good time. Yeah. And then they're getting the gospel message included with that. And for me, it was like, man, that's where I need to be. Right. You know, it's yeah, like the yeah, Holy yeah. Spirit was saying, don't, don't go to committee. You need to be a, a leader. Right? right. And right. to be in that room on Monday nights. Um, and so that was sort of the outlet that I had of, you know, okay, I failed with my brother. Right. Here's an opportunity to go pour into some high schoolers. Because I'll tell you, if I think back on my brother's problems, a lot of the things that sort of drove him to where it did um, really kind of happened in high school. Right. That yeah. was sort of a pivotal moment. And yeah. a lot of things with him sort of shaped his sort of his trajectory. Right. Um, and so for me, it's like, man, if I can if I can just stop that with one kid. Right. If I can just reach one kid in that group and help them understand their value outside of sports, outside of grades. Um, and if that changes their trajectory where they don't have a, a, the same end state as what my brother did, mm-hmm. right, then it's worth it. Um, and so that was sort of my mindset going into it of, you know, I want to reach these kids where I think yeah. um, they need to be reached, right, in sort of that pivotal moment or time right. of life. So that was that was sort of what led me to, to go lead in Young Life. Um, you know, looking back on it, right, again, I was it's it was still focused on I want to make something good out of this. But as I reflect on it, right, I look back and see how God was was working in me through that to sort of uh, heal my wound with my brother. Right. Um, yeah. And, and the way he did it was he gave me an opportunity to face rejection over and over <laughs> and over. If you've ever worked with high school kids. <laughs> Been there. That's a, yep. that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You will absolutely face rejection. Right. And so time and time again. You get high school kids that would just reject, reject, reject. Right. Um, and when you get that rejection over and over, it b- starts to become apparent of, man, it's not me. Correct. I'm not the one that they're rejecting, right? Um, and all I'm doing is planting seeds. And just right. like with my brother, I was, as awkward as it was, I was being obedient and sharing my faith and planting seeds. Um, and I saw a lot of these high school kids that completely rejected me in their high school years later in life you'd see a Facebook post or something where they're sharing scripture, right? They start to have their own families and these guys are all in. And they're coming back to those seeds that were planted back in high school. And so that was kind of looking back. It's like, that's how God sort of used that. Not only to make something, help me make sense out of my brother's death, but but just to help heal me and my wounds, right? Um, As well. And it also, I think what he taught me through that is, you know, I don't know where my brother was at in his final moments, Right. right? And for all I know, you know, he could have been in those final moments faced with that decision that he had to make. Yeah. And maybe yeah, yeah. he did make a decision for Christ. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you just never know. But you, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you, you go back to these two stories, your dad who had a chance to serve and it was a burden to him and mm-hmm. he tapped out. Yeah. And here God is calling you to serve. And that's actually where the healing is taking place. Yeah. And I think a lot of times if we're open to it, that's how God does heal us often is stepping out and away from the selfish kind of introspective season that we might find ourselves into mm-hmm. in tragedy and, and serving. And that's where the healing actually takes place. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating to hear that. And uh, um, yeah, it, it, it feels a lot. It's, so as I'm uh, there, there's two parts that come at me as I think about this idea, I've been reading through uh, the, the scriptures chronologically this year. Uh, and so I'm in Jeremiah and I'm, and it's right after Nebuchadnezzar just came in and like literally lit up everything. Like he's, I mean, you know, the temple's on fire, the, all the, all the big buildings are on fire and he's sitting there. I can just picture him sitting on some like crumbled up stone and like, I've been talking to you guys for how many years and no one listened. And then he made lamentations. And I feel like in the midst of it, he still continued to trust God. 
And I feel like there's there's some guys who see it and go, everything I did is a failure. I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's other times where, where Jeremiah comes in and he's like, no, I did what I was supposed to. Yeah. And, 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 and saw the moments as valuable. And I, and I love that, that, that everyone, I think, has an opportunity. And that's what I'd love you to share even after this is that, is that the opportunity, you, you didn't let it slip by. You said, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think about this and I'm like, what would you say? Because I've got some friends who, who've, who, who've dealt with, you know, suicide, uh, you know, unexpected loss of family. And uh, I mean, what would you say to encourage them? What would you say to, to, to help them through this? Because I know a lot of people who are believers and are like, well, they, they just feel hopeless at this. And they kind of, in, they're in a stalemate. What would you say to someone who's kind of got that, that struggle or that situation? That's a tough one to answer, Bill. Um, you know, one of the guys at Mana, when I spoke there, and I didn't know at the time, had just lost his, his mom. Really? And so he asked that same question of, hey, how do you, especially when it comes to, yeah. to sort of sharing your faith with your family that seems to just resist it, how do you stay encouraged and motivated yeah. to continue to do that? Um, he asked a question. I didn't feel like I had a great answer, and I didn't find out till later that his mom had just passed away. Mm-hmm. And I think he was sort of referring to her. Right. 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 And what a huge discouragement he was feeling. Um, I think what I would do to encourage him or say to encourage him is, you know, the one thing I learned through my brother is as much as I love my brother, um, God loved him infinitely more. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so um, as hard as I tried with him, God tried so much harder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's just to, it's just to go back to relying on who God is and his character and knowing mm. that, that, that he, he loves those people more than we could ever. Yeah. And um, he's going to give him every opportunity that he can. Yeah. Right. That's um, good. So, I, yeah, I don't know if that's encouragement well, well, or not. And I, right? guess, I guess when I heard your story, I saw this tangible that you said, I'm not just going to let this destroy no. me. Like you saw the character of God. You, you continue to focus on what you knew was true. And that's yeah. what I loved about this is that yeah. right. you saw, man, God is good. God is for me. This situation happened, but it doesn't dictate God. You know, my old pastor used to say, don't let people mess you up about God. Let God straighten you out about people. Mm. And I think, I, th- I feel like you let God straighten you out about people, not people mess you up about God. And I think, Bill, for me, one of the important things, right, was also just having um, really just a group of guys around me as well. Because I'll tell you, there were times I would drive into work and I had the, the soundtrack, so to speak. It was, it was like four songs that we played at my brother's funeral. Mm. And I had it on a CD. And there were mornings I'd drive into work, right? And I would plug that thing oh. in, and it was just <laughs> brutal. It was almost like I was torturing myself or punishing yeah. myself. Yes. Wow. Um, and so I would get into these really low lows at times. It wasn't like, you know, hey, I turned and started serving at Young Life, and everything was great and, and roses, right? There were, a lot of, there were a lot of valleys through that time as well. Um, but having a, a core group of guys that sort of knew me mm-hmm. and could see those patterns right. and recognize them yeah. with me. Um, you know, I refer to it as sort of driving into the ditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I can look at moments um, in my life where I sort of, I get off center and I drive into the ditch. And I usually don't know I'm in the ditch until yep. I've been in there for a while. Um, and then when I, when I do look up and find myself in the ditch, it's hard to pull myself back out, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, these guys would, would see me heading off towards the ditch and right. pull me back out and say, I know where you're going yeah. and, and pull me back in, right? And get me back and recentered. Um, and so I think part of that is just the importance of having that, that community, right? Yeah. Uh, for men, oh, it's, it's just so having a, a group of guys that you can be fully transparent with and that know you well enough to see those patterns right. um, and to be able to kind of pull you out and, and redirect you before you get too far into the ditch. And, and, you, and you, in our culture today, that's so divided. 
um, and so segmented, you have to search that stuff out because it just doesn't happen. You're 100 percent right. And yeah. and you know, for those guys that may be listening to this, that um, this has been their guilty pleasure in the car ride, and they don't let anyone else know, and you you don't have a sports team that you're connected to, or you don't have yeah, yeah, anyone yeah. outside of work that's a guy friend. Man, I encourage you find something that that's your yeah. passion. Go to a church, and if there's not a vibrant men's ministry there, find another church. Keep looking for a place or a community where the Spirit yeah. is calling you, so that you can be. Um, so you have a group of guys around you that notice when you're head toward the, the ditch, but also so you can be a guy for someone else. Yeah, you know because um, th- what I appreciate is the burden that you're you're carrying. No one knows about. Right. Until you're willing to actually open up mm, about it and yeah, share that. Yeah. And the hope that it gives others as you have the guts to share and trust in the spirit to do what the spirit does, I think is so life-giving, but is so missing in our culture today. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. why I love Paul and Paul's big point of like, hey, you want to know who the chief of sinners is? I'm the chief of sinners. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And I'm on this journey, so you can be on this journey too. If you think you're the chief of sinner, if yeah. you think you're too bad for God, you're not. Right. Because look at me and what I did. Yeah. And I think there's hope in that. And, and for us as a church and us as followers of Christ to become more and more transparent and more and more comfortable with our own brokenness and our own darkness and our own ditch moments for other guys can be so life giving. And I think it's so needed. You know, today I just read an article uh, actually yesterday and this morning, another and they said prominent evangelical leader uh, who was just caught, you know, doing something wrong. And I was like, when are we going to stop? casting this personification on certain people because they can mm. speak well or they're in charge of these ministries they did when do we just say that that every guy is broken and needs others and that becomes the source of strength instead of looking at these because you know part of why we started known legacy is because there are so many amazing men out here who are just quietly loving their family and loving jesus and we want to give honor where honors due because we've looked at these celebrities I'll call them uh, and said you know these guys have it all together and then when they fall we go oh well God must not be real mm-hmm. or this person and we're like no that's crap it's 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 for us to be known the value of us being known and going man I know you and I know and even now like as we're you know as we talked this last week so I'm like hey I haven't talked to you in a while and you're like thanks for thanks for calling yeah and and I need that too. Like, you know, I know that there's times when me and Travis are about to do this podcast. I was like, you're not, you're not okay. Let's sit down for a minute. And I'm like, yep. I'm fine. Shut up. And you know, <laughs> right. and then right. I'm like, at the end, I'm like, and then it was, you know, and I'm like, and, I, and I'm like to have guys that know you. So if you're out there and you're driving in your car and you feel like you're alone, that is God speaking to you to say, you need to find other men because someone else feels exactly like you. You know, just like Elijah. And, yeah. and, and, and as much as we think we need to find him, God's God's actually whispering, I've got a group of guys already set aside. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, they're they're ready for you. And so it, it's just a matter of trusting it, and they're ready for, for you and what you bring and, and for you to be a blessing to that group. I've already prepared them for that. Yeah. Just go. Well, it's know? funny you say that, because when I, when I shared it man up, right, and I kind of shared a little bit about my brother, and then just where I'm at today. And, and sort of where I'm at today is, is in the ditch, right? And right. I just, I was transparent about it, said that's where I'm at, yeah. right? With everything going on, you know, in the, in the political environment, with, with my job, um, I'm way off center. Oh, is the there ditch. stuff going on in 2020? I don't know if no, 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 no. There's no crisis, it's right? Year. No, yeah, no, 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 it's, it's great year. Solid clear year. vision, clear vision. <laughs> clear vision. <laughs> my word for this year, it's clear vision. <laughs> Thank you, Karen, for making an <laughs> appearance <right>. today. <laughs> it's wonderful. So glad you're here. Glad you could join us. Thank you. Thank you. 
Sorry. So no, no, no. It's uh yeah. So I shared it, and I've had I've had either lunch or coffee with three guys right so after. Cool. Right. That's fantastic. And immediately That's so had cool. three guys reach out to me and say, "Man, what you said resonated. Um, I need that too. I'm I'm also way off center." Um, and so to your point, Travis, it, it starts with us being transparent and right. just being willing to sort of share where we're at mm. um, and be honest. And God's got people sitting there saying, man, I need that too. Yeah. And maybe guys that weren't necessarily bold enough or courageous enough to go, I'm going to go share it in a group of guys. But man, this guy just shared and I'm willing to share it to him. Yep. Right. And, I'll, yeah. I'll, and I know That's there's awesome. some church yeah. leaders and pastors that listen to this as well. Yeah. Don't know why, but they do. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> You need to have you come on. <laughs> maybe maybe we're the bar that they go, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. <laughs> we're the encouragers <laughs> for the week. But, but I feel like sometimes uh, as a guy who has a chance to speak from the, the pulpit or from the front on a regular basis, we feel, uh, uh, we feel a pressure to um, present the, the best yeah. And, and and I think there's a calling, particularly in our culture today, that we as leaders in the church, as pastors in the church, have, have got to learn how to be more transparent with our own struggles and our yeah, own yeah, sins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not make it about us. We always want to make it about the cross, but how the cross is affecting us today. Because there's Sundays that I know that I've put the smile on that on the inside, I'm like, I am in the ditch. Yep. Like, I'm not just in the ditch. I'm in a ditch with a shovel, and I'm about five feet deeper than I was yesterday, and it's no good. But yeah. Sunday morning rolls around and you put on the smile and you're like, Jesus is great. And he is. Mm-hmm. But but to offer up that transparency. Yeah. That's the community that I think people are longing for. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 You know, because I, I love that you said that, you know, because because the the, uh, the uh, facade is Jesus is great, but I've never actually encountered him in the way that I needed to with another guy to say, hey, I'm broken and I'm mm-hmm. hurting. And that's part of it. That's where when Jesus said, go two by two. So that someone else knows you. So that right. when you roll over in the morning and you guys are going town to town trying to preach hope to people, he heard you fart last night. Like, <laughs> like, like he knows you. Yeah. He, you know. So, yeah. it's so. So I think that I think that there's you know there's something important about that. You know. But it, but it's, it's being known. <laughs> Let someone know that you fart. Yeah. You yeah. know. So I think there's there's an important wow. element of that. It's, no, it's. it's <laughs> and on that spiritual. Yeah, note. that's uh, okay. <laughs> Well, you think about it. See, guys, all of us yeah. stink. How about that? Right. That's exactly. Yeah, we all stink. That's a good. Yeah. yeah. There is a vulnerability that that we look at again. Mm. I th- the themes that we talk about all the time keep running into this, but courage is the willingness to be vulnerable with somebody. You're right. C- courage is that when Jonathan rolled over and talked to his his arm bearer, he said, "Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> we may die. Yeah. We're going to give it a shot." And the guy was like, and the bigger part was the guy was like, "I'm in," because he knew him enough to know that this guy. It's for Jesus in every, well, at that point, this this guy is for the Yahweh. spirit of the Lord yeah. mm-hmm. in every moment because I'm with him all the time. So if I'm going to, I mean, the guy was willing to die with the guy. And that's what we're missing in so many men that are like, I want to be known, but they, but it feels to some men that it sounds weak and it's not weak to be known to go. I'm finding someone else who who will gather their armor with me mm-hmm. and want to go charge hell because scripture says the gates of hell will not prevail, not not Satan's uh, armies attacking us. It, it's us attacking the gates of hell. And we forgot that somewhere. And I think that starts with just like you're saying, vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. We got into defense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Prevent defense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Never a good strategy. Well, Chris, I, man, I appreciate your story so, so yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely, uh, Travis. I see why Bill has a crush on you <laughs> um, because uh, it is life giving. And uh, just as we were talking, I've I got a signed poster for you in the car oh, if thanks. you want. <laughs> yes. No, yeah, yes. I didn't know yet. I knew the trip to Allen was going to be worth it. Info <laughs> at knownlegacy.org if you want to get a signed poster yeah. of Chris Mixa. So. 
No, it's fantastic. No, I appreciate it. And uh, I think it's words of encouragement. It goes back to what we've been talking about. Yeah. If you don't have a brotherhood, you got to find it. Yeah, get you a brotherhood. Yeah. It's awkward. And you have to be willing to step into the awkward because other guys need it and they may yeah. not be willing to step into the awkward. So yeah. those of us who are wired for that, make it happen. Make it happen. Any last Absolutely. words? Not really. Okay, good. Yeah. That's all. That was good <laughs> yeah. enough. Just wanted to make sure good. you did. Less, less editing for you. <laughs> there you go. Guys, thanks for listening today. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram, uh, at Known Legacy. Yeah. Facebook, Known Legacy Ministries. Or you can go to www.knownlegacy.org. And if you are so inclined, sign up for the uh, email. Uh, we Please really do. appreciate that. We could use your uh, email list for questions, comments, or concerns. Email us at info at knownlegacy.org. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you've gone through something similar, and this has blessed you, we want you to, we want to connect with Chris and let him know that his story, I already know his story matters, but let him know that his story matters. So uh, send us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Chris, thank you again so much for being here today. Yeah, yep. thanks, guys. You've Appreciate been a blessing. It. God bless, yeah. man. Thanks for listening to By Dads, For Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.